G'day everyone and welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark, your host, and I'm joined as I always am with Ajmal. G'day Ajmal, how are you today? Hey Mark, I'm good, thank you. I'm Ajmal. You are Ajmal. Black cap dry and good to be here. Great to have you. So tell us, Ajmal, what have you been up to? Well, it's been a strange week. Let's hear all about it. Come on, mate. Well, firstly, I'm so tired. Oh, I've got a bad connection. I just not. I think we're dealing with Ajmal's shit house internet connection again, like we are week after week. What are you doing, mate? You're half frozen. It's all going on here. I know. Is it? Is it working now? Oh yeah, you're back. Is it? Great to see you. <laughs> Why is that? It's telling me in the bottom corner that I've got a bad signal. Why is that? I reckon it's because you're in this tiny little room that your wife allocates you up in the house. It is in the attic. I am in the attic. I, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made the assumption from for the very you know for those six people that watch us on YouTube from the shape of the roof behind you or the wall. You know, I assume that yeah. you're up quite high in the house. It's the, it's the one room in the house that doesn't really have a function. Does now. Podcast well, here. Yeah. Uh, well, it does have a function. It's one of those where when someone doesn't know where to put something, they just open the door and throw it in. And load all so the rubbish into that room. Like I'm, yeah, I'm picking up a box off the table or something like that. Or uh, it's normally empty boxes. Why do people keep empty boxes? Because you know never why. know when you're going to need them. Oh, look, in all honesty, like you, I have a young daughter. Loves a cardboard box. Oh, see, what can we make out of this, little Dad? Little one does. Ah. See, little one does. Little one loves them. And she will hide in them. Sure. Want to play with them. Yep. The big one's all like, why is this box here? Get rid of it. Get it away. <laughs> She's like a mother. <laughs> why is this thing in my way? Get rid of it. <laughs> but anyway, I was going to say, so this, this week's been a bit weird. Because it's flown by. Yep. Thursday now, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just not not sleeping very well. And last night, this is going to be like TMI. But I don't too even know what info. that means. Too much information. Oh yeah, okay. Let's go. Let's have it. Come on. This is so Porsche <laughs> well, focused. Last... It's unbelievable. Let's keep going with it. <laughs> last night, last night or early this morning, at like about four thirty in the morning, I woke up because I was having a dream that I was going for a piss. This is great. Yeah, okay, this is gold. This is podcast gold. I cannot believe <laughs> that Spikes up. Car Radio does better than us. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. I woke up thinking, am I about to wet myself? <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a gently wake up. It was like a, oh, my God, am I about to wet myself? And I was thinking I could never recover from that with my wife. Really? I could never recover from that. Like, you know, if I actually wet myself, I didn't. Hang on, wait, wait. But if you, if you just wet yourself in bed. I could give you, look, this is a complete off the cuff, not a reference point or anything I know anything about, but I'm pretty sure you've been there when your wife has given birth. I was Twice. There. Oh, yeah. I was there. No, but that was different. That wasn't... It's creation of life. She wasn't asleep. She it's... was doing something pretty serious <laughs> at the time. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> yeah, she went on, the second time, she was quite potty mouthed. Oh, really? She was like, yeah. She okay. wasn't 
it, 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 it all went a bit blue, the room. Yeah, fair cop, fair cop. Look, <laughs> if you're trying to push, push something the size of a rock melon out of something the size of a golf ball, it's inevitable, right? I'll tell you what, though, my, my second daughter, my daughter, big baby. Really? Big baby, yeah. Hmm. Like, do you guys measure the weight in kilos over there, don't you? Oh, look, I'm of a generation where pounds are still a number. All right, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. How big a baby she wants? Eight. What? Eight pounds. No. Nine. No. More. Yep. Ooh. She was eleven pounds and two ounces. And your wife still talks to her. Sometimes it's such and go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's gonna be like when she's a teenager then? But it's just that, no. It's when when you know meet you meet somebody who's just had a baby and they got yeah. this big baby. And yeah, got, sure. You know, he's nine pounds, and I can hear in my wife's head what's happening. Yeah, and she's just going. Bah, bah. <laughs> I pushed that out this morning. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene in um, uh, that Monty Python uh, many a life. Put it in the room with the others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. Bah. Classic. But anyway, going back to my week, it's just been yeah, it's been a bit. It's just flown by. Yeah, okay. I, I, I kind of trying to get my head back in the zone of. I should start looking for a job. Mm. I need to do some renovation work yep, in the yep. house. There's stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I've been burning stuff in the garden, trying to get rid of stuff. <laughs> Mate, how in, how much do you live in the country now? If you're burning know, stuff in the garden, I'm trying to burn stuff. I'm just making it look worse. But it's kind of been a. Not uneventful, but it's kind of been a bit of a plodding week where I've I've had stuff to do that hasn't been particularly interesting. Um, You're procrastinating on some of these tasks, Ajmal. Yes, massively. I'm the master procrastinator. But on there's been a little bit on the Porsche front, but I'll tell you about that later. But I want to hear about your week. Well, it's been a pretty... The week's been interesting. I... Most listeners won't be aware of this, but I work in a role with a retail chain of bicycle stores, okay, as an operations manager nationally. It's a, it's a very satisfying job. I work with a great group of people, have a great team, etc. We've had a couple of bike shops in Canberra, capital city of Australia, for anyone who thinks Australia only exists because of Melbourne and Sydney, but the that have been broken into on numerous occasions. Now, when I say numerous, I mean four times in eight days. What? Yes. So I'm getting windows smashed. I'm, in fact, in one of the centres, all the windows in every shop, no matter what they sold, were smashed. And I'm dealing with kids because I can see the footage. Karma's great, though, because I've got to tell you, we've got one store that connects onto the airport, so the airport's managed by the federal police. It's just oh. a thing in Australia, right? So we've got great video footage of a ram raid. Now, for all you deep thinkers out there, and I do want to stress this, the last smart criminals were in the Ocean's Eleven film, not in real life, okay? <laughs> we had some guys in a Camry. Do you have those in the, in the UK? Yeah, well, Camry? not for a while now. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty much the granddad vanilla car yeah. of humanity, right? <laughs> yeah. Stolen one. And typical ram raiders do it in reverse so they don't wreck their engines so they can drive off in the same car, right? Anyway, we can, we're watching this whole thing. He's got a brick. 
the deep thinker behind the steering wheel. He jams it under the accelerator, bangs it into gear, dives out the door, so does his mate out the passenger, but guess what? His mate's hoodie gets caught on the door handle and the car goes reverse straight into the building with the mate still attached. Surprisingly, an ambulance had to be called. Oh my goodness. This is just week after week at the moment in Canberra. I don't know what's going on. Oh man, it's it's rough out there. Anyway, that's... Look, that was, this has been an ongoing thing, this whole break-ins. So because of the time difference, it's relatively sympathetic. Not because they break in for some reason between 4 and 5 a.m. on the east coast of Australia, which is three hours ahead of me. Oh, God. So the alarm company calls me at between 1 and 2 a.m. What a great time to get a phone call. Oh, Wow. What do you do? You know, so but your anyway, call for such emergencies. Anyway, like I said, I've got a good team. We're managing it as we have to manage it. But anyway, look, that's that part of the week. Had the Porsche Club meeting last night. A lot of fun catching up with people. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. This weekend, heading down to Albany. I think you might have a town called that in the UK, probably called Albany, I reckon, knowing the, um, the way you guys speak. We don't come up with very original names, so I assume you've got a coastal town called Albany or Albany or something in the UK. Probably. My, my geography's awful, so yep. we, probably, we probably have. It's about 400 <laughs> kilometres from Perth. What's that? 250 miles. Okay. Oh, my God. That's like the other side of the world. Yeah. Here. Each way, right? <laughs> oh we've, got, we've got friends that are farmers on the way, so we'll pop in and we're staying there tomorrow night. And, oh, nice. You know, and um, we'll have a nice evening with them. Then we'll do some walking up in the mountains that is right near their farm before we go to Albany and I'm doing a rally sprint event in the GA Yaris. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, because we've got a long weekend here. You know, we've got a whole bank holiday mm. thing going on. So that should be quite good. Um, what else have I been up to this week? Oh, trying to pull together a thousand different angles on a new car. <gasps> no, yes, this is big but news. I don't want to talk about it unless it comes off. Okay. I will tell you, it's not another Yaris. Okay. It does have radiators, so it's not an air-cooled car. It does have six cylinders. Is it mid-engines? It is a boxer motor. That's as much as I want to give away on this at the moment, right? <laughs> I feel like you've given away quite a lot there. <laughs> and um, oh, it could be a 996. 997. It, it won't be. 991. 992. Anyway, trying to pull this together. I I just don't think you would get one of those. Which one? Like a 996, 997, or a 992. I'm half started on a 997 manual, if I can find a good one. I don't know. I feel like you're not in that space where you would get one right now. I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm happy for you, too. The, um, the... You know, if I was to get a 997, it would have to be a GDS, I think. 997 yeah, GT3s then... are very expensive in Australia now. Like they've gone off the Richter scale in the last 12 months. Yeah, but if you GTS, I mean, how would you find one? Do they, is anybody selling one? There's like probably one in your part of Australia, <laughs> if that. <laughs> yeah, but look, I'm in the fortunate position through my network that 
if people half half a starter on selling something, I often get a call. You interested, Mark? Do you know someone's interested before I go to market with it? See, that's quite good. Off market. Is yeah, pretty... well, it's the best way to buy a car, let's face it, you know, because yeah. then you're not fighting with other people over it, and especially with Porsches, if this is a Porsche. Yeah. could be a Subaru Outback. <laughs> They've got six-cylinder boxer motors in them. And Which has? A Subaru. Is it six-cylinder? There is a – yeah, the Outback does come in a six-cylinder option, but it's not. An outback, okay. <laughs> hey, could be a oh no, I was gonna say a Corvair after talking to Brock last week, but it's not, it's not air cooled. Because <laughs> yeah. so, I, I was, I've, I've just been thinking about the whole Porsche experience, and over sure. in the UK, obviously, it's very different from where you are. Well, after right, last, after our talk two weeks ago, how yeah. different it is is quite extraordinary, isn't it? It is, and then I was thinking, well. I've done that thing, you know, where two, three years ago where I did the whole, <clears throat> I want to get into the Porsche experience. I want to get onto the, you know, onto the ladder of, of buying one. And, you sure. know, I was very lucky, very fortunate three years ago, you know, six and a half thousand pounds. It's unheard of to get 911 manual, two wheel drive, hard top. We came know. by a box through Australia for that number. Exactly. And I, and I was thinking, but that's not reflective of the real experience if someone says I want to get, because, you know, I took a blind, a, a blind leap and, it, and I was lucky. But if someone was going to do it for the first time, and I, I don't know what's classed as Porsche ownership or, or the journey is, is buying a, you know, bottom of the heap Cayenne sure. classed as, like, you know, uh, the, the V6. Is this a rhetorical to, question to or are you asking me? I'm asking you, you know, does that does that qualify as, oh, I'm on the, because I didn't think it did. Fair. You're shaking your but, head, so. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what's a bit of a, this is an interesting, great question to start this podcast off on, other than the pissing the bed story. The, yeah. I um, didn't, like, to, just to be clear, I didn't piss the bed. I, doesn't just that, I don't care if you did or you didn't, in my mind, oh, done, right. puddle, okay. right? <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> No, in all seriousness, what's what's really interesting about this point you've brought up is why you bought the car. Is getting into a KN the compromise of practicality you need to make, but you've aspired to that brand and you want a piece of it? Or is it just a quality SUV to you? I think that's what makes the difference as to whether or not your journey's begun with that product. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Because if you're if you're aspiring to the brand, yeah, then that is literally all you're buying. Because if you're buying, you know, I I did a list on Porsche Trader. I just selected the brand Porsche, and I came back with you know a ton of thousands of results, sure. and I sorted them by the cheapest one, and the cheapest not thing the closest. That came no, because I'm not buying it. So yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. looking at what's the entry point. Yeah, yeah. And it came up with a Cayenne 3.2 litre V6 Tiptronic. Sure. And it was, you know, early 2000s. Yep. And it was, um, yeah, 2,900 pounds. Something that like is, that. I tell you, that is a freaking nightmare car to buy. Exactly. And I was thinking, well, if you're. There's 10,000 pounds worth of repairs due on that car right now. Exactly. And, and you know, it doesn't matter what they say on the ad. It had something like a, 
don't know, 130,000 miles, which isn't massive for a car that age. And also... It's 200,000 kilometres. That's, that's still a lot of Ks. I know, I know, but I'd rather buy it with higher mileage than super low mileage because okay. super low mileage, they probably haven't dealt with all the issues that inevitably are going to come up. Or it's so, 2,900 pounds because they haven't dealt with the all the issues that have come yeah, up. Yeah, they've ditched it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're aspiring to the brand and you think, I want to get in at the cheapest sure. entry-level point. So KN was then, the cheapest car? Yeah, the cheapest one. Yeah, yeah. And then you just think, but that's probably a mistake, like we just said. That's most likely a mistake, and it's going to sour your first experience of the brand, ownership of that brand. Do you, you agree with that? What's interesting about this, right, is if you are that person who is aspiring to the brand, you are not going in naive. You have, yeah. you know the brand. You know what the KN is. You know that this is an incredibly high-costed maintenance vehicle. So yeah. if you think you're getting it, what was it, 2,900 pounds? Yep. When the reality is a car of that era that is well-sorted is probably at the moment ten to 12,000 pounds at a guess, so I don't know what the market's like over there, right? Cayenne's aren't, aren't that expensive. Probably be, no, probably a sorted one may very well be a you're, good no, one. Probably, probably, probably about six. You're probably thinking about six. Okay, Something that sure, let's say no. it's six, okay? But you're going for the 2,900 option. It's because mm. either, A, you think you're half a starter and fixing these problems yourself and you're not going to get ripped off because the person selling one for six has paid the Porsche Center or a independent mechanic to do that work. So but you think you can do it. You know what I mean? Mm. They're not coming in thinking, woo that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you get what that. I mean? There is that. I mean, I, I say there is that, but, you know, obviously when I bought my 996, I did precisely that. I didn't do any reading. I just thought, I'm just going to get myself 911. You're I an outlier, though. One. You're an outlier. Like, I'm, right I'm an now, outlier. right now, you, you didn't go into your box to purchase not knowing what problems come with boxes because of your 911 experience. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So you wouldn't go into a KN right now at 2,900, would you? No. No, fact, it's one of those that things scares that... A, that it would actually, I know you now, that would scare the crap out of you at 2,900. It would. It would. But at the same time, you know, the, the Boxster... I, I did I did that knowing all that stuff and I, yeah I still did it I bought it completely blind I asked the guy a couple of questions and that was it I didn't really message him about it that's just clickbait and, uh, I, I know it's, it's 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 nuts I shouldn't have done it you know my box store was two thousand two hundred pounds and cheaper than a KN cheaper than a KN but you know in way worse condition and way less you didn't see the twenty nine hundred dollar KN my friend that that is true I haven't seen it I haven't seen it but but this but the thing is, with that, so when you think about, well, actually, I, I, because it's like that difference between ownership, getting into the brand, and like you say, driving one. Yes. Now, driving a Tiptronic 3.2 litre giant SUV, I know this, this debate goes on, you know, lots of people have this debate, but, you know, it doesn't compare to driving a sports car in any shape or form. Okay, I'll... I'll... Look, this, this, this point you've brought up is relevant, okay? However, 
not just Porsche, but other brands as well, are trying to sporty their SUVs. Yep. Okay? The Carrera GT. You know, sorry. The KN GT. I meant to say sorry. Okay. Eurus X5M. Um, Range Rover SVR, yeah, where every brand has one, right? Yep. Yep. Where they've gone over the top to try and make a four-ton fatality creator yep. handle, right? Now, making it go—that's the easy bit. That's just more Nettie's under the bonnet. Yep. Which, let's face it, they do through tuning of those two turbochargers on the four-liter V8 that nearly every single sports car and SUV uses now. Yeah, absolutely. Getting it to stop, that's actually getting even relatively okay these days too because you've got a lot of those 10-piston calipers that all the VAG group use, right? I know, it's nuts. And now they've just got to deal with that high center of gravity and that four tons going around a bend. But then what, what that does is... But I'm the getting, results of might that not is, be four tons. I'm that's a throwaway number, by the way, yeah. listeners. I'm speculating and probably exaggerating. Well, the result of that is always because you know when you go, it's an SUV. So you know, for example, sports utility vehicle. vehicle. Yeah, so it's no longer a utility vehicle. It's just a big jumped-up car, and it's and you know, in terms of space, you know, if you think about Macan, you know, uh, or these medium-sized ones. They're not that much bigger than a family size hatchback, you know, in terms of how many people you can get in and things like that. You still get the same number of people in, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, keep going with it. Keep keep going with what you're going on here, y'all. But but what's happened is that, you know, it doesn't go off road because it's got tires on that are almost painted on. Yeah, 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 sure. They've got hard suspension, so it's it's not comfortable. You know, you might as well be in a 911. And it's just the fact that I don't know. It's almost like you don't want to buy the Audi RS6 and RS4 and stuff like that. Oh, estates uh, are finished. Even... Sorry, the estates. You know, or you call them estates, don't you? We call them station yeah. wagons in Australia, right? Yeah, same in the US. Yeah. yeah, the wagon concept of a of a sedan, but that that product doesn't have a home anymore. I don't know. I think it does but, yeah, because because think about. You know, even if you're getting a Golf R estate, for example, that was quite yeah. a big deal over here. Actually, Jim, I just want to interrupt you for a second on the train of thought here. Outside of the top of the range premium op- op- offerings, like, you know, RS6 yeah. is a great example, RS4 is a great example. How many Audi A6 estates are there? But you wouldn't even be able to tell me the last time you saw one, would you? Uh, I, I did see one, but only because one of my neighbours used to have one. <laughs> How long ago? It was like probably about three years ago. Yep, I'm telling you, those cars are done. I don't even reckon. You know, yeah. I'd be surprised if Audi even make an A6 estate anymore. No, you're probably, you're probably right. You're probably right because the RS6 is they've launched a new one. Yep, and looks amazing. It's, but over here, it's over a hundred thousand pounds to buy it. Welcome to Australia. And, and, Can you hear his background? Wait, wait. But what, I just want to interrupt you. Can you hear his background noise? My dog is really going off right now. <laughs> what's, what's his problem? 
It's it's late at night. He wants his evening snack before he goes to sleep. Ah, uh, I can't hear him. Yeah, okay, right. Carry on then. Yeah, but um, but the thing is with so you know the RS6, the RS4, the Golf R Estate, and then you've got you know the SUVs and things like that. You're you're basically, you know, you're basically telling the world that you're a dad, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And that you want to retain some of that sportiness. Yeah. But the, the compromise, it's the me, sports car that you got away with because you've got a family. Yeah. And, and to me, it's the compromise is too big because you're not, you're not. And to me, it always comes back to the same. And everyone who's watched my channel will hear you know me say it over and over again, is that it's you're not going to get into that, you know, SUV, ML, whatever it is, the Range Rover Sport, whatever sure. it is, to think, I'm just going to tear it around the country lanes and feel all that weight shifting in a car and, you know, on the edge of grip and stuff like that, because they're so big, you know, even though they, they off the line, they might get 0 to 60 in like four seconds or something. It just doesn't feel the same. And I've been in a Range Rover Sport, you know, yeah, okay. over 500 brake horsepower, 550, because it all started with, what did it start with? Did it start with the Cayenne? I think maybe I, I think the X5 was probably the first modern luxury SUV with performance. But the X5M came out quite late, didn't it? Yeah, you might be right. But the like I I had an X5, and this is going back ten years ago. There is a like the thing is built like it was a Panzer, you know it is. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like I hit, I had two incidences where I hit kangaroos in the past with it. Wow. Now hitting a kangaroo is a big deal in a car. Yeah, because they're big. And I think the second one, I almost heard the car go. <laughs> is that it? Oh God! You know what I mean? Like this thing was unbelievable, and it had you've just got this sense of invincibility in it, Ajmal. But is that why people drive the way they're doing them? No, you know what, I think, I understand where you're going with this, but I think a person who thinks like that, thinks like that, regardless of the car they're in. It could well be, because, so I live, you know, slightly rural, yeah. and narrow country lanes, there's like hedges on both sides. Sure. And I, and I used to own, like a, you know, a 2001 BW Golf V5. I sure. love that thing. Mm. Had it for 10 years. And, you know, you'd be driving down a country lane, and someone in... A Mercedes ML, a Cayenne, sure. a Range Rover is coming, coming the other way. They're in a massive car. And I'm in my, you know, normal size hatchback. And it gets to the point where I'm in the hedge. Right? I'm in the hedge. But there's still not enough space for them to get their car through because they don't want to go near the hedge on their side because it's a shiny car. Hey, wait, wait. I think right now, I feel like... You are pointing your disdain in the wrong direction here. Am I? I'll tell you why. Am I? The same people who aren't building the infrastructure or improving it where you live, that being the hedge hugging lane, are also happily taking the tax that they redeem when they sell one of those big SUVs. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I can't. I, I, you think they should be geo fenced no out or something? No, but there's no need for those cars to be that big. And you know, for someone, especially if 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 a farmer buys one, right? There's, sure. There's lots of farms around here. Yeah, yeah, here. sure. Yeah. If a farmer buys one. 
It's going to be torn to shreds in no time. He's going to drive through, drive over that hedge. He's not going to care. She's not going to care. They're just going to drive straight through that hedge and go, yeah, I do that every day in my car. But it's going to be somebody who's dropping their children off school, who's never been in a puddle through it, and just thinks, oh, my God, my car is so shiny. I'm not going to go near that hedge. You, in your normal size car, get more further into that hedge, and you have to get out and go, there's nowhere for me to go. Sounds, you me, like you're, up, sounds to me like you've lost the game of chicken, my friend. Not really, because I wouldn't go. You were in the hedge. They weren't. I'm telling you, that meant you lost. Well, no, I think it's come to the point where they had to go in the hedge, otherwise we were just stuck. They'd have to go in the hedge or back up. But I wasn't going to back so up. So what you're saying is you're not going to go out and buy a Lotus? Which one? Any, anyone yeah. ever. Just because how little uh, they are compared to these big SUVs that are, you know, the Uber um, yeah. people movers that are uh, pinging around the, the lanes. Saying that, my MG was tiny. Yeah, oh, yeah, it would have been for sure. Yeah, it was, you know. The MGB, you said, wasn't it? Yeah, so if you're sat... With the top down, yeah, and even you're looking or, you know, at you're looking at the top of a wheel arch when you look left when there's an SUV exactly, next to you. Yeah. You're looking up, and you know, and I remember a bus driver opening the yeah. window and talking to me. Bus driver and, was it yeah, flat he's... cap bus driver. No, not that one. Yeah, okay, not right. That one. Not that one. Stop confusing the listeners. No, <laughs> but the but the uh, but I remember talking to one, and he was so far up. Yeah, I could have stood up in the seat and be at his eye level. It's funny, isn't it? It, it was, it's, it's that kind of thing. So whereas now I think, you know, on that journey to getting a sports car or something, mm-hmm. I don't feel like a sporty SUV, even if you want to get into the brand, yep. is part of the or it sure. should be part of the journey. Um, because You haven't driven modern ones yet, though, have you? An SUV? Uh, say a McCann GDS. No, no. Current generation KN Turbo Coupe or something like that. Oh, your sound has gone. Is it back? Oh, you're back. You're back. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I've not driven any of those modern ones. I haven't driven a modern 911. I mean, some might say mine's modern 911. It's not a modern 911. Hang on, wait, wait. Didn't we have this discussion in previous podcasts that you're going to go there and tell them to give you one because you're doing this podcast? I, I am. I am. But I haven't done it yet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it'll be like a big, you know, Thing. celestial moment. <laughs> I drove another 992 this week. What? Which one? The um, Carrera S. Oh, Carrera S. I thought you were about to say. No, I haven't driven a GD3 yet. <laughs> I do have a an associate who's recently taken delivery of a manual GD3 992. And he said, we'll have to catch up, Mark, so you can see what it's like, were his words. Did you? Don't worry, I'll be making it happen. However, my life in the coming weeks is going to be somewhat challenging to do this very experience because this weekend I'm going to Albany. I get home Monday evening. Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., I fly to Melbourne. Oh, yeah, because you're allowed out now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I'm always allowed out. It's the getting back oh, bit that's problematic, it. right? But, oh, yes, yes, the border dropped today into Western oh. Australia for people outside coming in. Think of all that COVID coming in. Oh, it's already happened. It's a, we had a positive case at my daughter's school yesterday. Oh. She's yes. not a close contact. It's not a problem, right? But 
most of the schools have been hit in the last two weeks with the Omicron coming into the state, you know, so that's just the way it is. So we're now experiencing what the rest of the world experienced two years ago here in Western Australia, right? So, like, I think we had something like nearly 2,000 cases yesterday, so it's a, you know, the whole joint's tipping over, as you can imagine. But anyway, so Tuesday I go to Melbourne. I come back on the Saturday. I'm home till the following Saturday. Then I'm over to Melbourne for like 14 days. Oh, wow. Home for four days. Then we go on holiday up to the Ningaloo Reef up at Coral Bay up north of Western Australia for two weeks. So it's like a five or six week period where, forget it, there's no video content coming to marking cars, right? <laughs> oh, crazy. It's, it's sometimes quite nice to have that kind of burst of activity. Um, yeah, but yeah. that's quite a long, that's quite an intense period for that long. Yeah, look, it's because the floodgates have opened and the opportunity through my work requirements, a lot of work's been building up in anticipation of this that all has to be knocked over. But what it doesn't do, well, because of the timing with the impact COVID's had on Australia, the F1 is on the weekend that we go up to the Ningaloo, oh. which we've had booked for 18 months. And Ajmal, I have an FIA press pass <gasps> that I'm not oh. going to exercise this year. Oh, no. Because I haven't, I, I haven't been to Silverstone because I've always got that fear of, you know, over here, it's raining all the time, right? Of course. It rains a lot of the time. But when it's a Grand Prix weekend, and if it rains, we can't handle it. Like, there's queues of cars. People are stuck there for hours and hours. There's cars bogged down in fields, and you don't see anything because the, the, there's cloud cover. There's all sorts of... Ajmal, I'm not going to talk to you about this on the podcast. We'll talk about this after the podcast. You're going to get FIA accreditation. You don't have to wait in line. You're going to get to go to the pits. You're going to get to do that stuff you want to do. And we're going to talk about how that's going to happen, but I don't want to broadcast this around the world. Okay. Okay. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. That will be a different Silverstone experience, my friend, especially when you've got the press center, the catering. I need that in my life. We'll talk about how it's going to happen. Yes, definitely. Um, on oh. other topics. Sorry, go on. So what was I doing? Yeah, going over there, coming back. Oh yeah, the during the time I'm in Melbourne, there is a showroom that sells high quality classic, modern and um, historic classic motor vehicles called Duttons. Oh, why have quite, I heard of them? It's quite famous here in Australia because they do have a lot of heavyweight cars. They also have a cafe in there. So it's a common place where they have a, a lot of car enthusiasts gather for a coffee in the morning before they go to work because it's an inner city showroom. Oh, nice. So I will try and get in there with Cameron, do a bit of a vloggy style. Video tour. Video, something like that. But I sort of had a bit of an epiphany this week that, I'm not going to any longer stress about my video content on my channel. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not like it's... I much more enjoy doing this, what we're doing with the podcasting. Mm-hmm. I'm finding it... It's an easy edit. It's uh, 
it's more spontaneous, it's a bit more fun. I'm not having to think about camera angles or shots and so like now your YouTubing is very different to mine. Yes, now, you're very. A, you're a talk at GoPro whilst driving type of guy most of the time. Yeah. Right? Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I've tried to create something that isn't very good in the scheme of things. I'll be, you know, I'm quite accepting of that, but I think I'm just going to, if opportunities present themselves, I'll do it. If not, I'm not going to bother. See that? It's, so I've been thinking about that because you're right. This is, it's easier. It's more, it's, it's more engaging. It's more. It is more engaging. It, it, it kind of does something more where you can look forward to it and say, we're going to exchange ideas about what's happened, what sure. we've been doing for the week, and then generally what's happened to Porsche. Oh, you've got I know we've talked the most about Porsches this time than, than ever, probably. But I think with my video, uh, because it's all kind of, because Christmas is a busy period, you know, if you do lots of videos, people watch them. Sure. And I didn't do any. Okay. I did none because I was renovating the house mm. and everything kind of fell off the cliff. Yep. And it was, um, whereas I was looking at the stats on my uh, YouTube channel and I think in the middle of, so it's now what, March? Beginning sure. of March. Yep. And in the middle of January or early January, I hit 700 subscribers. <sighs> Not a lot. Yeah, exactly. Big cheers. You know, for me, it was quite a nice milestone because I've been stuck on like... Hang on, Jamal. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it for ages. That, that wasn't very good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just, just for people listening. <laughs> that one was better. <laughs> but, but what happened was I hit 700 and it just stopped. Everything just stops. I so know the now, feeling. I've been yeah, there so for like 12 months. <laughs> so six weeks later, I just go and look, and I've lost four subscribers in six oh, weeks. In the last three months, I reckon I've lost 500. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand the algorithm. Sometimes I'll put something up and it just, you know. I don't understand why I drop views. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, hell, what would I know? I don't look. Anyway, the point I'm making earlier was I'm doing it for me. Yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. I think I'll I'll, I'll end up doing it that way. It's not and, a career, you know. It was yeah. It was never going to be a career. It was never going to be um you know an, an income stream. It was more of an experiment because I was always really curious. That I wanted to just be able to report back say oh i've hit a thousand subscribers and i've hit four thousand watch hours i've turned on monetization and i've just got a check for three dollars <laughs> you know and i just wanted to be able to get to that stage and think yes take if it. i remember i think you need to have they won't pay you until you get to a threshold i think back when i was was monetized i'm pretty sure it's 100 us until you hit 100 us they don't pay oh so there you go it, it would probably mean that I've hit the thresholds to turn monetization on, but I probably would never hit the, the threshold. To and then, they, then they pay monthly, right? Yeah. Or you, they'll pay you monthly if you're over that $100 threshold. Yep. I got demonetized yep. on the second last day of a month. And it was 2,400 US. 
Oh, ouch. Ouch. That's a bit rubbish. A... Oh, I did. In... Interesting thing. Yeah. I did look in through one of my old videos. Mm. There was a copyright claim against it. Oh, that's that's every third video for me. Oh, yeah. So I dispute them all the time. If you dispute them, it doesn't matter, you know. I you didn't. Could, I just deleted it. Yeah, don't, well, deleted you know, it. don't worry about it. Just let it. Let yeah. the copyright come. You're not making money out of it anyway, so it's no money out of your pocket. Well, exactly. Yeah. Who but even cares? I, I, but do you know why I, it happened? It was because I was driving my 912. It's from a couple of summers ago. No, sure. last summer it would have been. And I was driving my 912, and I was really pleased about fitting the period correct stereo. And I turned it up, uh, and Dire Straits was playing on it. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. And that's what that's what did it. Yep. And it was just, it would have been about five six seconds only, of Dire Straits. You only ever get demonetized, oh sorry, or copyrighted because of music. Yeah. That's all it ever is. Because that's I think there's an there's a something that picks that they've probably got some machine yep. learning algorithm yeah, well, that picks that up. Well, you know that well, you know yourself if you want to listen to something. Well, you want to know who an artist is. You got an app on your phone that you, it listens to it and yep. tells you who it was, doesn't it? Exactly. So that, that, yeah, that was a bit disappointing. But I, I do, I did want to make it something, but I think I, I probably lost enthusiasm, energy, something like that. But I'm, I'm not giving up on it. I'm not going to stop doing it. I still do. You know, when I pop out for to the shop, and the Porsche isn't wedged in by something, then I will still just grab my, and it, and it is an easy one. Like you say, it's not, you haven't got to put it on a gimbal. You haven't got to worry about angles or anything. I just whack it on the screen, turn yep. it on, yep. record, and then just upload the video every now and again. I'll go through it just to make sure there isn't a long period of me just sat there swearing at other drivers. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, but, but that, you know, it's a 10 minute video. So I'll, I'll probably just take 10 minutes to, while I'm having a coffee, yep. listen to it, yep. upload make live and that's it yeah, and see, some yeah. you know you you get you get sort of good viewing view duration and others you think well that's kind of the same thing why isn't it about probably a better topic why haven't i got the the views on that why haven't i got the duration on it and you just think oh, I, I don't understand it i just don't i don't think anybody does yeah look you just my best viewed videos are the ones that I've put the most energy into though. Hmm. You know, when I, when I look, not that this is a podcast about our YouTube channels, but the, I've found that that's, you know, the ones I've put the most energy into storyboarding, filming, editing. Yeah. They're the best, they're, the, they're my best viewed videos so i know that if i put the energy in and do a better production it does get better viewed see i don't do that for any of mine so that's, that's okay everyone does, does it differently <laughs> Look, hey hey Ashmel, i do it and it's still not very good oh i've got i've just remembered something oh, i've good, just remembered something let's I tell you earlier so last week i went to my mum's house yeah yeah do you remember when we had lara that porsche girl we're going to talk spawn yes Yes, we have to explore image comics. And so, remember, I went and looked through my comics thinking yeah, I'm yeah. going to find my Spawn comics because, you know, she told me that Lee did some um, colouring work on them. Um, he's a colourist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he did some work on Is that it. someone that's just really good at staying inside the lines? Sorry? No, I don't, just... I don't know if you call it colouring. I think he does. I think that's what it's called. I think he's called a colourist or something, isn't it? 
Yeah, colorist. Yeah. yeah, that just means you were really um, good at those books that your mum and dad bought you to keep you occupied in those long trips to the car. Well, well, see, I, I mean, see, you're, you're not a comic guy. I was really impressed with that when she told me that, yeah, which yeah. is why I just going on talking about comics for so long. <laughs> so then I went, I went and looked at my comics that yeah. I still got from when I was a kid, and I thought, hang on, where are my Spawn comics? I've only, I can only find three. And I knew I'd, I'd collected them from number one when sure. they came out, you know, like 35 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. And I could only find three. And so I was at my mum's. And I just went in the attic and had a look, and there was like a big box of them. Like they're probably about five hundred comics. Oh, really? Now, I've, bear in mind, I've already got about eight hundred of them in my house. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, this like, oh my god! The wife would have loved this. Lucky bought it. Lucky bought a new golf, oh, an Audi station wagon. Exactly. So they came back in that. And anyway, I thought, yes, these are the ones that I was looking for. There's a whole load of really cool ones, you know. There's new Marvel stuff coming out, like Morbius and Moon Knight, and there's like number ones of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is riveting for everybody who's tuned no, into this. Yeah, he's, he's here for Porsches, but, yep. Yeah, exactly. But then when I took these out and I started putting them in, in the bookshelf that they're in when I got home, what fell out at the bottom of that box were my school reports. <laughs> were you hiding them from your mum in the bottom of that box? <laughs> they're, so, they're so depressing. So, so I opened the first one. It's secondary school, so from te- age 10, 11. Sure. So I get the first one. It's end of year report. Yeah. Little booklet mm-hmm. book, and I read it first. There's a summary from your form tutor, and then it's all the different subjects. And and you know what I'm reading through, and it's like, oh, Ajmal, this is a really good set of results. And Ajmal, you did really well, and keep the momentum going. And and I thought, you know what? That's that's pretty good. I don't remember my report being that good. Every subsequent year after that. Ajmal needs to adjust his attitude. He's plodding along. He's not my favorite. My favorite was from when I was 14 from my PE physical education teacher. Sure. And his his words were, Ajmal has performed very well this year. He could be very, very good in this subject if he wasn't quite so lethargic. I, I showed my wife this and I'm like, what the hell is his problem? And she goes, yeah, that, that's just you. That's just you right now. Oh, man. Classic. I mean, that, was quite, that was quite depressing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, nice story. Uh, it's, it kind of reminded me of, because I used to play on the school football team. Sure. And it was one occasion where th- this, our football coach dropped the f-bomb where he swore at me from the side we were playing another school and the ball came to me you know and i thought controlled it on my chest and i volleyed it and you know i thought this is going to be like one of those royal the rovers goals and yeah hit okay the crossbar. hit the crossbar and ricocheted back across the pitch and obviously the other team were running up the other end of the pitch and i was just stood there with my hand on my hips going fuck's sake and he's shouting Ashwell, what are you doing over there the ball's on the other end of the fucking pitch <laughs> And I did this little trot where I pretended to run and just carried on walking. Classic. And I just thought, yeah, he's probably right. He's probably right. Yeah, yeah, okay. That was lethargic. But, you know, that was one of the things that happened this week that it made me think that I do want to read all of those comics again, but I'd have to be sat in a chair for about a month. Why don't you, hey, just chip away at them. I know, but... You know, they're all in individ- individual plastic bags. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just grab five at a time, put it by your bedside table, just read a couple a night. I don't know, but they might get fingerprints on them. 
Did you, there's probably chocolate smears on them from when you read them the first time. No, no. What, you know, one of them is, or a couple of them are unopened because one oh. of them was where Superman died. <laughs> and it came in a black sealed bag and I never opened it. So is I went right? the second print <laughs> so I could read it. And what happened was when it came out, I went and bought it. Yes. You know, there's a comic book shop where I lived. Sure. And um, because Superman had died, in inverted commas, like a week later, it was, it, it was I think, one pound and 50 pence. Yep. But in a in a week, it was worth £55. And really? I remember I was a kid. Yeah, that's thought, a lot oh, of money. Oh, God, this is, sky's the limit. This is going to be worth, like, Millions. absolute bomb. Yeah. And uh, two weeks after that, he came back to life. <laughs> and, Some people and, just won't stay dead. I know. He came back to life. And then he went back down to £2.50. So, you know, I wasn't winning. <laughs> what a classic. Anyway, that's my story about comics. Done. And my school report. But... I want to talk Porsche. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Great. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The um had three five six out yesterday. You know when you say that, and I'm looking outside, and it's bucketing out with rain. Oh, we had rain yesterday. So wrong to be talking about that. It, it rained yesterday morning here for a good twenty minutes, right? So the roads were just miserable and. No one can drive in the wet over here. Probably what it's like in LA when it rains, I'd imagine, you know. And yeah, the, well, um, Yaris, surely. Yaris. Oh, the Yaris. Is, uh, Matt, the, the problem's not me or my car. It's everyone else on the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all fairness, the but the Yaris is filthy with the white wheels. You can imagine it's just, it looks like, yeah. you know, it's been driven through a bog or something, right? And um, I was looking at it tonight because I had to put the race seat in it because I'm going down to the rally sprint and... All that oh, yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, right? And um, I'm looking at it going, oh, I don't want to drive it down there and look like this. But I know if I wash it, I'm going to bring it home. It's going to be look just as bad after that long trip, you know, 500-mile round trip. So there's no point cleaning it before I go, you know. Um, but anyway, I, dro- went, I drove my 356 to the Porsche Club meeting last night. It's not that far away from me. It's probably 10, 12 kilometres away, right? Yeah, Very six, seven that. miles, that type of thing, right? And um, the I, realistically, I probably haven't driven it for two weeks since the track day. I know I'm talking about my three five six. I didn't take three five six to the track, right? Yeah. And um, I just every time I get it, it's just so good. You know, it's just such a great little car. I just, I can see why the brand is so is where it is because that car's over 60 years old. You know, it's just incredible to get in it, drive it, and I still, it's such a smile inducer. And you know what? With that car, everyone else who sees you in it smiles too because it's such a classic old car. And you know what? Half of them are smiling because they can't believe it's still running. (laughs) That's what I reckon. (laughs) Something that old. And it's just like a... You know, it's just like a breath of fresh air from all the silver, white, and white blobs that go down the road with the wheels on them, or yep. silver or black SUVs that go down the road. Seeing a ruby red three five six must just be a delight for some of these people who are just, you know, another unit in the machine of their daily life. Yeah, I, I I agree with that completely, and I and I'm just I'm jealous because you can drive it for so 
um, so much of the year. Oh, when it gets hot yes. here, it's hard though. And look, that's a there's a bit of poor me in that. And you know, yeah. oh yeah, good one, her too hot, Mark. But it is too hot to drive. It's you know because yeah, there's no airflow in a coupe. You know, so yeah, exactly, an air cooled car as well. And whereas over here, it's sort of from probably the end of this month, so end of March, I might start thinking about, oh, I might be able to go and get it. But in April, April showers, it rains here a lot, a lot oh, okay. more than usual. Sure. So you're really talking about May. And it's from May to October time. Yep. It's kind of when that window is. The sweet spot. But the problem for me is, the problem for me is, obviously, it's in storage. So every time I want it, it's not a storage facility that's always manned. I have to phone the guy yeah, yeah. and say, I'm coming to pick it's it up. It's the same as my storage time. facility. I, we keep a couple of cars in storage too, Ashmel, so I've got exactly the same situation. Yeah. And and it's, you know, and then and then it's a bit of a palaver because where I have to go, then I have to assume that hey, it's going to take a while to crank it up and get it going. And then I have to then swap it, take it out, leave my 911 in there. Sure. Um, and you know what? You're surprisingly how much filthier my 911 looks when it's under lights inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's in there and it's next to... Mate, it, looks, um, it always looks like homeless people have been living in it. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a Ferrari 355 there, like really polished up one. Uh, I, I love those. Really? Uh, uh, I, I do. I don't know why. I would, I'd never own one. I'd never own one. I just think it's such a nothing burger model. No, it's just... It's like, to me, me. Like, uh, 348, I get it. It's like an evolution of the 328. It was really well done. And it's like the 355, we've got to come up with something before the 360 because the 360 was a design masterpiece yeah. compared to the 355, right? Everything yeah, changed, right? You know, And even if you're a 355 owner or a fan, as you are, when you look at the difference, it's like going from a an 80s car to... Really, the 360s, are pre- it still looks relevant. Yes. No, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. But for me, the 355 is, I, I don't know. I think it was the first one that I looked at. Yeah, and thought, sure. That looks like a modern Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, sure. They, they always looked like they were a little bit behind the times of everything else. Mm-hmm. And the 355 was the first one. And also the 348. I like the 348 because it's what the Mondial should have been. Because I hate the Mondial. I hate that. I know Chris Harris went on about it because he bought one cheaper and it was convertible and everything. They had rubbish. They rubbish the way they look. They, I hate them. Hate and, you know, them. When, yeah, they are. They just no. And the thing, the reason I wouldn't have a three four eight, no, a three four eight or a a three five five is because they need that belt service every Mate, four or five years. Let's talk about how many cars you put in your nine twelve since you've had it. That's the least of your concerns. That is yeah, such a weak a, excuse. Yeah, yeah. But the engine and gearbox got to come out, and they were affordable at one point, but they no longer are. Sure. Um, but my 912, um, when I do take it out, it's, I think there's that, it's the sweet spot of the temperature. I yeah, knew okay. as well that's like, there's a sweet spot of the temperature where it's so much more responsive. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, a place to be. You can have the little quarter lights open, and the air flows a bit better. But once it gets too hot or it's a little bit too cold, same, and same it's problems. just, it's not, yeah, it's not idling right. My, it's my 356 runs its best the colder it is outside. Because, we, look, we don't get that cold here, right? It's not, you know, it's, hmm. we don't, 
But we, I don't think it's ever been under zero degrees in Perth. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Now in winter we do, or actually spring's probably the coldest time of the year where we're no cloud cover. Early morning, it's down one two degrees. But as soon as the sun pops up, it's back up over ten. You know, so that's not. It's uh, we don't you know after that. But if I drive my car, those late late nights or early early mornings where it's in the teens, the temperature. It is such a sweet spot. The car just drives so beautifully, you know. See, I've never driven it in, probably because I haven't driven it in the cooler temperatures. I've only driven it when it's been sort of 15 and above. Yeah, yeah. And around Well, it's the same motor it's in my car, isn't it? Or a better yeah. version of the motor it's in my car. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's better. But <laughs> oh, you know, but, um, when it was designed, when it came out, you know, yeah. my car, yeah. sure, it's since been rebuilt and all that sort of stuff, but... The base engine that is in yours is yeah, an evolution same. on the SC motor that was used until the completion yeah. of the 356. Yeah, and it was and between 15 and 20 degrees. Uh, above anything like that, it's, it's really good. Get into the high 20s and it's not so good. But also, it needs a little bit of fettling and I've not taken it anywhere to get that done. I've thought about doing it myself. The reason I don't want to take it anywhere is I don't want somebody just to turn around and say, well, it needs, most people will just turn around and their reflex will be to, it needs a carb rebuild. It's, you're going to need a thousand. What carbs are on it? Are they got Solexes or Webers on it? Uh, Solexes. And people are going to say, that's what it needs. But, you know, and I know it's probably got a sticky float or something like that because it look, idles high. The, the biggest problem with that, look, if you've got a high idle, it's not going to be your carbs, I can guarantee you. It's going to be, it's going to be a distributor. Yeah, see, the distributor had a problem where, did you know there's a little Teflon mm. slide? Yeah, yeah. And that was, um, that was stuck when I first got it. Sure. So it would warm up. So the counterweights for the, the advance weren't working, or they weren't Yeah, the advance would back. get stuck. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. so it just gets stuck, and it would just be idling at 2,000 yeah. revs. I was like, what? So I just went and had a look, and it was stuck. So I took that slip out, and it was broken, so I had to find, you know, I think it was. You didn't make one out of an ice cream container, a bit of old school ice mail going on. No, no. So I actually, you know, wrote up, I bought one from the US, got got it sent to me, put it in, and then I put electronic ignition in, and it made a massive difference. Have you, when you say an electronic ignition, ignition, have you put like a one of the magnetic Hall effect type? Yes. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't going to be anything. It it basically took me half an hour. Sure. Whack it in. Yeah. yeah. Just the timing and it fired up and it so all of that side of it works but when i go to crank it over when i've left it it just takes you know my, my mg would fire up in like three seconds even if i've left it for two years what you should do you should seconds. talk to you should, on this you should talk to a future guest of ours who flat six jack he doesn't know he's gonna be a future guest yet but he's yeah, he's gonna be I, I i do need to talk to jack and I know he's going to say it. He's probably, and he's right. He's going to say, look, your, your float gets stuck. Look, the biggest problem yeah. with Solex is, isn't the float, Ajmal. The biggest problem with Solex is, is worn shafts. It's probably going to have that as well. Oh, it will have, for sure. Like, they all do. And you know what? It's made out of just rubbish metal, those carbs are, mm. right? There's no, there's no bearings in the shafts or anything like that. So they all have the same problem. Which carbs have you got? I've got Weber's. 
but they have their recommend. own they have their own challenges. They're a long way from perfect as well, right? See, I I was, I was told that it's much harder to set them up. Yeah, it is. But you know what? I'm I'm not the guy that sets them up. Yeah. I'm the guy that maintains them. See, everyone keeps telling me that I need to take it somewhere where they use a rolling road to set it up. Yeah, you look. You look. I had to, for my carbs to get tuned well. It was a big difference when it, when it, when it went on a dyno. See, that's what I that's what I need because I, I feel like if it goes on a rolling road to set it up, it'll explode. What? Why? You know, when they're when they're revving it. Well, I say that I rev it to the red line anyway when I drive it. So, what's a red line? About five. I don't, I don't even know. I, I mean, I I feel I, when I do it, it's like physical pain because it's not like in. But those equal motors, motors, the higher you rev them, the more power they generate. I know, but in my 911, I, I redline it like properly down to the limiter, and I try not to hit the limiter because that's obviously horrible when you do. Um, mm. But also, I do it less often because there's not often the enough road because you're, you know, you're really quickly traveling at, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're hitting the speed limit instantly in second gear. Um, whereas in <laughs> in my 912. It's like everything's happening in slow motion, but yeah, there's yeah. so much more noise and yeah, smells yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and it's almost you've got, it's like, you know, if you fell out of a really, a window really high up and you screamed in terror and halfway down, you'd go, oh, I'm still falling. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. So it's I, going I towards the red line and you're like, oh my God, it's like giving me physical pain. It's going to yep. explode uh, because you've got so much time to think about it. Yep. But I do love doing it still. It's still a good car to push hard, mm -hmm. but I, I, I wish it was a little bit better at the lower speeds, lower yeah, revs, sure. pulling off because it's still a bit juddery. Um, and, and the look, idles fine once it fires up. Look, I know that motor very well. Obviously, I don't think the added weight of your car would help over the three, no. five, six. Like it's like two hundred kilos heavier. You know. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the um, but you know, it's it should be about a hundred, hundred and five horsepower motor. I would have thought so. It still should be pretty yeah. good. So it is. It will be just tuning and fettling to make that car as good as it should be. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, it's one of those things where you know someone like Jack or there's a, another specialist up the road. It's something that. They normally don't do because it's some it's really time consuming. Yeah, of course. And and then they don't like to charge you as much time as it took them and exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Jack especially is gonna go, oh, I'm not gonna charge you for a whole day for tuning the car, but that's how long it's taken it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then and, you and then you, and you feel then like a prick, right? Exactly. So then you're taking off his entire, you mm -hmm. know, workshop bit where he does the main stuff on the lift. Where he could have and, and he could have he could have done four McCann services and charged a thousand dollars per exactly. service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done any 911 and yeah yeah i mean he's doing he's doing like a 997 engine rebuild at the moment that had an ims failure um but you know he's he's doing tons of stuff like that yeah but yeah. it's all it's all going on all over the place and then you go i'm gonna plant my car in the middle <laughs> take up your entire workshop yeah, yeah. And you're gonna spend a whole day fettling a really yeah. old knackered pair of carbs mm -hmm. and and that's the thing when he gets halfway through the day he might go do you know what these carbs are just shit they're never gonna be that good and but then he's he's committed, so I, I feel it works, and I get I enjoy driving it. A yeah, lot. sure. Yeah, it yep. doesn't really matter. And with an old car, it's always quite good to drive around some of the problems. 
because you know it makes you think and it makes you work and i like that about old cars well you're engaged yeah and but it, the reason the, reminds me. i had a great thing on um matt farrow's podcast this week from um one of his guests and he thinks the biggest reason why we have distracted drivers for any listeners out there that means clowns on their phones while they're driving right is um cars are so boring you're just not engaged in the process anymore they're too easy to drive you don't have to concentrate to do it hence your ability to pick up the phone he said if you've got a 1964 chevy manual you do not have a chance to look at your mobile phone and it's the same in my 356. I'm sure it's the same in your 912. Even if you wanted to check a message that you heard come through while you're driving, you're pulling over to check it because you can't do that while you're driving that car. You no. have to be on the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not, no, if you're not I, on because you're driving it, you're on because of, you're worried about every clown around you. Yeah. Because you know you're going to be dead if you hit anything. <laughs> yeah. And he said that the perfect example is there's no such thing as a distracted motorcyclist. They're not looking at their mobile phones while they're riding their motorbikes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I agree. I agree with that because um, the the thing that I was going to mention was being being engaged in what you're doing and driving around issues. And it it got, it reminded me of a I used to have a Golf Mark II, sure. nineteen eighty six, and it was like you know a one point eight GL or something. It wasn't a GTI. It wasn't anything interesting. Yeah, at all. Yeah. It was beaten up to hell, and um, it, it started to develop faults that I just didn't fix. Yep. And you work around. And so, you know, first was I thought, you know what, I'm going to flush the oil out because when it first started up, the top of the engine would make quite a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And I thought it must just be like clogged up. So, you know, I put flushing oil in it. Okay. Which is leaving for 10 sure. minutes. Mm-hmm. And, but when I went to flush it out, the sump nut was rounded. <laughs> so I couldn't take it out. And what happened was, Later that day, I was going to go and visit my brother yeah. in Wales, mm. which was like a, you know, four hundred mile round trip. Sure. I thought, sod it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So the flushing oil's in the car. I should mm. only be in there for ten minutes. I drive four hundred miles in two days, and I come back and I flush it out, and loads of gunk comes out, but it doesn't make any difference to the noise. So I think it's the oil pump. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I take the sump off. It only costs like twenty five quid to go and buy it. Uh, an oil pump. Yep. So I put that in, bottom of the engine, put the sump back on, and I carry on driving it. And it didn't fix it. And, you know, and I had the car for another three or four years after that. And I sold it. And I would have sold this car probably 25 years ago. Yep. Three weeks ago, while I was lying in bed, it came to me why it was doing that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, and I had no one to tell because it would have been my dad and he died 20 years ago so I would have told him and go oh you never guess what yeah yeah and, and you know there's no one to tell because nobody cares what, but it what was, was it you know when you take the I took the sump off yeah to change the oil pump hmm. I just didn't notice that it didn't have an oil pickup <laughs> it didn't, it Wait, didn't have a are you, pickup are you for real the oil off the bottom <laughs> so someone had taken it off before and obviously took the pickup out for some reason, and I, and I never, I just didn't notice that it wasn't there. And, anyway, and just, the, the water... just the other night, you're going, hang on, what else with that sump off? Yes, Wait, where's, where's the pipe? Exactly, and and then, um, and then the worst problem it got was 
one of the because it's front wheel drive one of the cv sure. joints seized oh yeah perfect and, uh, click 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 yeah. click click so i i couldn't turn left <laughs> but, but i carry on using it for three months but i'd have to take this really long way to work <laughs> where you only turn right <laughs> I only got it fixed. Well, my dad got it fixed when he went, I need to borrow your car for somewhere. And I was like, oh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> and I had to explain to like, him why. This is like the um, the Eric Zoolander of motor cars going to left. So my dad went and got it fixed. And it was just, it was, you know, when you went to turn, uh, turn left. Oh, no. Yeah. When you went to turn left. It just wouldn't go, but they would start doing the clicking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it would, you get massive feedback through yeah, the yeah. force feedback through the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So I could do it enough, like really yank it to change lanes. Yep. But I couldn't. I couldn't make a left. There's no way in the world I could make a left turn. That's funny. And uh, so it was just you know ever increasing circles to get to work. Yeah, you got it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Great car. <laughs> Oh, have you never done that? Have you never driven around a big problem on a car? The biggest problem I had in a car was we had a car that was made here in Australia, hatchback. It was uh, 80s. I think my first one was an 83 or an 82 model. It's called a Ford Laser. And it's it was probably, it's very similar to a Golf, right, of that era. But it was a it was it was made with by Ford here in Australia. I grew up in Geelong where Fords are built, right? So there was a lot of them. But it was it had a Mazda engine in it, so it was like Mazda tooling was common between the Mazda three two three at the time hatchback and the Ford yes. product. Okay, I know and, which one you mean now? Sure. And um, I had a, I've had a couple of those cars, and they're a hoot. It's just like you know. They're not high performance, but you know when you're young, you just rev the box off them. So you, every I've, gear I've changes one. a red line gear, like it would have been in that Golf that you had, you know, in that time yeah. of your life. I've, no, I've had, I've had one. I've yeah, okay. Had the, I had the hatchback version, not the, the saloon version of it. Yeah, okay, sure. Yep. Over here, and it was a GT. Yeah, okay. So it was a 1.5 twin carb. Yeah, well, that's what my laser was. It was a 1.5 twin yeah. carb. So exactly the same engine it would have been. I did actually. Yep. I've got the next, you know, a six Mazda, the equivalent, the Ford equivalent of a Mazda 626, two litre. Wow, that's cool. Put that engine in the, <laughs> we're like the clappers, right? Did someone say talks to you? The, um, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, that aside, but my goodness, did the thing blow some smoke once it hit 100,000 Ks, right? So 60,000 miles. It was just punching it out like a nightclub, right? So I had to get the head replaced on it. I drove it across Australia, this car, from um, Sydney to Perth because I had to come back for work for a few months to Perth at that time in my life. So I thought, I'll drive over. And anyway, on the way, that's when poof, starts punching out the black stuff coming out of the exhaust pipe. And, I, and anyway, trying to find, and anyway, I drove the thing punching out smoke like it was, no, there was no tomorrow. I must have driven it like that for a month, right? And I, I just can't believe I didn't get pulled over. It was a miracle because of how bad the smoke was. Went and got a new head or something put on it at some workshop. Cost me like $140 Australian to get the job done. It was like a day, wow. day's work. Well, you know, we're talking in 
early 90s here that this was getting done. And the, um, the, when I got it back, oh, I couldn't believe how powerful the car was. You know, because it was obviously, it was flogged. You know, I, my yep. God, did I flog that car. But anyway, it was um, a lot of fun. And yeah, new head on it, just went like a rocket after that. And then it started blowing smoke again about 10,000 Ks later. So it was obviously a cheap job done on the car. <laughs> by the workshop. Yeah, but $140 or dollars i mean that's nothing oh it was a lot of money back then yeah i was probably getting paid 200 yeah but i was probably getting paid 250 a week or something oh that's true you know it's just it's perspective yeah no because i yeah i remember my 323 gt and it you're right it used to just rev like you wouldn't believe yeah but i um when i sold that and i didn't have a car i used to walk to work and I mean, this is again, it's like mid 90s. And it was winter, it was freezing, like oh, walk to work, and it was awful. And just walking along the road, there was a for sale sticker in a car. And it was a 1984 uh, Escort, Ford Escort. Yeah, okay. So it's a 1.6 mm. gear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gear. I don't know if you have the <laughs> yeah. gear. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, that, that, had a, that had the cloth interior. Yeah, cloth. It says a vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 it had central locking, which is the one I bought. Didn't yeah, it okay, work. nice. Yeah. Um, well, well, it did. It sometimes did, and sometimes didn't. Sometimes it locked all the doors while I was driving along. Yeah, sure. And it was, um, and I bought that for one hundred and eighty pounds. I've had a good run on escorts too. Yeah, I, I bought that, and it was, I mean, it was it was brilliant. It was. I got in, and obviously the guy. It was a young lad who owned it. Yeah. And he must have bought it off somebody really old because it had low mileage, and it was. You could tell very recently it was immaculate. Yeah, yeah. But in his time of yeah, having he, it, he flogged it. He's been smoking in it. He's yeah. been drinking in it. You got. This looks like someone bought a brand new car and just trashed it in like a week. So I got it all cleaned up, and he had a, he had the wrong battery in it. It had a massive battery in it. Should have had a small battery. In sure. It. And. It didn't, you know, it didn't start properly. So I took the battery out, charged it up. And then I put the battery in and I thought, do you know, I'm just going to take it around the block to see if it works. But I didn't bolt the battery down because <laughs> it was so big. I went over a speed hump yeah, and it bounced up and it shorted out on the bonnet. Just smoke starts billowing out. So I get out and I stand across the road thinking it's going to blow up. And when I open the hood, this massive battery stuck to the hood. Oh, really? Yeah. So I have to lift it up and just knock the battery off. <laughs> and luckily, I'm not far from a, um, I'm not far from a, 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 a auto factor kind of shop where they sell back. I went there, and he, he gives me this battery. Oh. It's tiny. I think brilliant. I, you know, turn the ignition on. The lights come on. Nothing great. Turn the key. Nothing's happened. Literally, nothing is happening. So I go and look under the hood again, and it's because the starter motor's fallen out. <laughs> I think the starter motor fall out of a car too. One bolt. One of the bolts, and it dropped on an angle, so when it started, it didn't engage the flywheel, you know? <laughs> exactly. So it, it, it fallen out, so I had to walk back up the road and find it. <laughs> go back to the shop and say, have you got the bolts to attach this? What a classic. I touched it back and fired it up, and I had that car for another three years. Great cars. And I moved. So 
I, I found another job working down south and I sure. lived up in the Midlands and I used to commute to work from the Midlands down south 200 miles a day well, in that, that really? car in that car and it was really quite tiring and my mum was like constantly on at me you know that that's terrible that car is you know it's not safe it's not reliable and back then you know I used to see cars broken down on the motorway and they were always newer yeah they were always newer and eventually I you know I just drove it to the scrapyard just drove in yeah and I went do you want this car just gave him the keys gave him the paperwork and left <laughs> and do you know what the worst thing is at first, he's saying to me, oh, I can't give you any money for it. And I went, don't worry, I don't want any money for it. I've had three years, spent hardly any money on it, apart from the battery and the two bolts of the starter mm -hmm. motor. Yep. Never even got it serviced. Done tons of miles in it. And um, so I thought, you know, 180 quid, get rid. I'd bought another car. And the guy says to me, I can't give you any money. And I went, oh, fine. Um, and then while we're talking, some guy comes up and says to me, does this car work? And I went, yeah, I've just driven it up from London. You know, I've just yep. done 120 yep. miles in it. Turns to the guy who I've just handed the keys to and says, I'm interested in this car. And the guy goes, yeah, it's 300 pounds. <laughs> right in front of you. Right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> you, get like, you must be getting, hang on. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> I've just created a middleman who's made 300 pounds in five minutes. <laughs> and it's like, it's got a half a take of picture of it as well. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah, exactly. What a hey, great story to finish on today. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Time's flown by. Yes. So um, next week, hopefully, because yeah. this week is Amelia Island in the US. Oh, yes. Yes. Brock is going to come back for part two after he's been to Amelia Island. So I'm hoping we get Brock back on for part two. Any listeners didn't listen to last week's podcast, we had Brock from 996 Road Trip. He's driving over to Amelia Island, if I recall, maybe. We'll find out from him. I can't remember. Yeah, I think he it. is. Long way I've from seen... Oregon. That's like 3,000 miles. Yeah, but he's probably driving as the crow flies in a straight line. I don't know if a crow's <laughs> that good if it goes that far, a crow. But anyway, that know. aside... Um, we'll try and get him back for part two next week. If not, you may get to listen to Hajmal and I crap on again about our um, experiences in old escorts because I've got a good escort story for you. I'll, share, I'll save it for another podcast. And we will... I've got to give the Timex watch away still. Oh, yes. I was going to say, what's going on with that? Have you got, have you got anyone who's left a... No, iTunes we review to... and been in touch? Uh, I've just got one person who's been in touch. Uh, well, two people. One you know about. Yes. And the other one who's left me a message on YouTube. Ah. I don't know if they've left a, a review. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll, I'll, we'll, yeah. find, we'll find out. We'll, um, we'll send that Timex watch to them if they have. If they haven't. People still in with a chance then. Leave us an leave us an iTunes review and message either Ajmal or myself and I'll send you a Timex watch. Brilliant. Yeah, good one. Okay. So Ajmal, thank you very much for this evening. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. And everyone, 
Drive safe, have fun. Thanks for listening to Porsche Talk Podcast. See you later, Asmel. Catch you next time.